Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hercules Invictus, and today we are studying the path of public service. I am greatly honored to have as uh, my guest, Shahanaz Arjumand, who is a candidate for the office of freeholder here in Bergen County. Greetings, Shahanaz. How are you? Good. Thank you, Hercules. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm glad that you're on. Sorry about the technical difficulties uh, that happen sometimes, uh, but here we are. Yep, we're here. Now, I am phenomenally impressed uh, by you. The more I've learned about your background, uh, the more impressed I am. Now, you're bringing a lot to this uh, position that is of great relevance to um, our needs as a community. Uh, And uh, I guess let's start by reviewing your uh, resume a bit. Uh, You are uh, a trained global leader. What exactly does that mean? So I've had an opportunity to work in multiple countries as part of the financial services work that I did. Uh, I've uh, worked in um, Middle East, Africa, South Asia on integration efforts, and I've done financial transformation in 17 of the European countries and also in Japan and Korea and then U.S. and Latin America. And part of that uh, work seems to have involved disaster relief and uh, handling uh, various types of uh, emergencies on a large scale. Yes. So in addition to that, I've also, um, I have uh, healthcare and hospital experience as well and uh, had great experiences in most of the New York City hospitals where on almost every quarter basis we do disaster recovery planning and uh, mm-hmm. create scenarios. So we generally have um, uh, a continuity plan. So, uh, for example, we'll have a scenario where we do 
a terrorism attack or we do a subway attack. And we actually have uh, a bunch of students that play as uh, victims and um, they generally come in with a card in terms of, you know, what the scenario would result in, whether, you know, it's uh, bodily injuries or, you know, some some other type of injury. So we have all of them coming in. We do the, we do the drill with all the healthcare, the social services, all of the agencies, the government, um, at the local level, the city, the federal, everyone is involved in those. So that happens as part of the uh, um, healthcare uh, recovery and, and just to test our system. Uh, the 911 matrix committee is also involved in that. It's huge effort and that is part of disaster recovery that we do almost on a quarterly basis. It's, wow. It is the largest city and we need to keep it running and moving. Um, and that's is very important to make sure all of the services are working together uh, to address those kind of issues. Um, that's an example of disaster recovery, but we also have, um, I've also been fortunate to have a, a business continuity um, plan for global recovery. So, so for example, I'll give you a scenario that happened, sure. um, you know, where we were, uh, working on um, an integration work uh, in uh, Dubai, and we realized the grid that we were working off of was actually in Europe, and some of the people that were working off of had, were on a grid in New York, and uh, so we needed to say, well, the grid in Europe had shut down, and we needed to see how do we continue um, our communication plan in the Middle East, um, knowing that, you know, do we have a backup grid from the Europe to be able to continue that. So that's an example of another planning effort that we had in, in place, and I was part of some of that work too. Um, and then also for as part of every business is have a business continuity plan and as, um, uh, to execute uh, in case of any kind of uh, uh, situation. I mean, we've got that kind of a situation right now, unfortunately, with yeah. coronavirus where everybody needs to really see how do we maintain, um, you know, the essential activities? How do we, how do we um, execute on those uh, continuity plans so that, you know, we can make sure that the services that are essential still continue? And as you pointed out, that is something that is very much needed uh, in the world we find ourselves in uh, today. And uh, as you brought up the coronavirus, uh, as uh, a layman, uh, I'm alarmed by our country's lack of preparedness. So having somebody like you who is used to uh, preparing for various types of things that may occur so that if they occur, uh, we're right on it. <laughs> so we really, really need something like that uh, in our government. Um, so th that is awesome that you have that experience. Now, what made you choose uh, politics? Because you've worked both with the public sector and the private uh, sector, um, in a variety of important capacities, what made you choose the path of public service uh, as a way of uh, um, uh, helping the world? Well, I, frankly, I didn't think I was going to get into politics. And I think <laughs> a lot of that had to do with the fact that ever since um, we have had Trump in the office, a lot has changed that has really impacted civil liberties. 
And it's a yeah. deep concern to me as to what has happened and what we've become as a country um, and and how much it has really impacted our values. And and I'm really concerned about that and, and looking at where is the best place for me to really have an impact to respond to the kind of uh, uh, impacts we've had. And civil, civil liberties is really to, you know, engage in a system to be face of, you know, inclusivity, to be face of hope, to be face of, you know, a new way of engaging um, communities that have been disengaged for so long. Just to be uh, having a seat at the table really says a lot to everyone. And I can see that, you know, in terms of the responses I get from people when I go and meet people, that people want they need the hope. They need that energy. They need yeah. to feel included. They, because what has happened in the last four years really has had a more uh, significant emotional impact on so many communities. And, um, you know, I mean, the, the data also shows, uh, Hercules, in terms of the impact it has had on hate groups and hate crimes and all, all of these things that, you know, I think we we worked so hard for so long to really uh, build those, um, you know, civil liberties Pardon. that now I feel have been really um, damaged through so in the last four years. And the best way to repair that is to be uh, to be the face of hope um, and and to give that to care for everybody, right, regardless of who they are, what they you know, what they believe in and what uh, what gender, what sexual orientation, all of that, regardless of all that, just to give people hope that, you know, what we're, we're, we are an inclusive community and we need, we need to take care of each other. And I think that's the reason why I, I, I was engaged. That's why I was on the Board of Education. And that's mm-hmm. why I built a coalition in TNEC to really engage communities to educate them about the voting process i think we've got a uh, we we registered a lot more new voters and people have been engaged in in civics like they never did in the past um and i think that has changed a lot in the last two years and i can tell you right now in phoenix you know we have done some amazing things that changed voting behavior that has mm-hmm. not happened in the last two decades and that's from the coalition I, you know, I co-founded with some of my uh, friends in Tina who are also very engaged in, in, in the democratic committees and in the board of education and council. So now it's really time to take that kind of energy and engagement and bring it at the county level and, and to all the municipalities who really are looking for that hope. And I see that every time I go and meet people that people want to, See politics differently. They don't want to see the same old politics that they've had for decades because I think that has really uh, been limited. And now we need to really mm-hmm. how do we grow? How do we engage? How do we become more inclusive? How do we expand? And all of those are really what energizes me to say, you know what? I I, I can bring so much to the party, and so why not now? You know what am I waiting? Because I think 2020 is the year. Right that we mm-hmm. need to really get in, people engaged. If they see the same old thing, then people, you know, can't expect different outcomes, right? 
to do to get that's different outcomes, true. you need to do something differently. And you certainly are, and you're right. I spend a lot of time trying to encourage people to vote, and not only to vote, but to vote intelligently. Um, some of the yep. ancient Greek philosophers who were counted wise by future generations didn't like democracy uh, because they felt that if you had an uneducated uh, voting population, then democracy led to tyranny. And the, the founding fathers knew this, uh, and that's why they put in all the checks and balances that they did and uh, gave us lots of warnings uh, uh, about uh, um, tyrannical forms of uh, government and, and so forth. So this is the time to uh, step up. And uh, some of that uh, same uh, fire was lit in me as well and got me to get involved uh, politically as a more direct way of addressing some of these uh, problems. Because like you, I don't believe in just sitting around complaining. It's like, what can we do? Let's do it now. <laughs> it has to be done. So uh, if no one's doing it, uh, we have to do it. Yeah, and it's, it is a great time, Hercules. I have to say, this is 2020 is such a critical year. It is it's mm-hmm. a test of our democracy. It's a test of our Democratic Party. It really is a test of, you know, what are we going to do differently? You know, it's not we, – we align on values. We align on Democratic Party values. We align on, uh, you know, how we want to really make that change. I think we align on our vision that we need to really change um, the current – uh, politics and the policies that just are hurting so many communities. So the only difference is the approach. How do we get that? How do we get a different outcome? If we use the same playbook that we've yet done in the past, if we use the same politicians, the same methodologies, the same you know faces over and over again, we won't. We should not expect a different outcome. So I agree. And you've you been know, very uh, much, uh, you've been outreaching also. Uh, you came and gave a talk at our uh, monthly meeting, and uh, yep. you had uh, um, information prepared on a flyer that pretty much summarized everything that you uh, covered. Uh, and I received uh, um, personalized and fact filled mail. Uh, from you uh, or your team and uh, um, not the standard form letters that I received. Uh, you know, they, they were kind of uh, uh, didn't inform me or educate me on how I can make the best possible vote. So I thank you for giving me information uh, that I could think about and uh, uh, research. And uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm very impressed with you. And as I told you uh, a few times, uh, the time you spoke and in a subsequent conversation, the very fact that you've devoted your life to these things before uh, you got involved politically and that you stated that um, regardless of the outcome, you're going to devote time and energy to bringing these things about and working with whatever system is there uh, to help you accomplish it. That puts you, in my mind, uh, head and shoulders above very many people. Yeah, look, I have I have respect for um, the other freeholders that are also running, right? They've so also I. dedicated their uh, time and service and uh, to the community, and I appreciate everything uh, that they're doing, and I, I, I really have a lot of respect. I, I bring a different value, right? We each bring different value, um, and I think 
this is my time. This is where my experiences are needed. I, you know, I have uh, a dual career almost in both healthcare and financial services, as well as being a former board of ed a member. So I, I feel like right now we've got a big healthcare crisis going on. And also at the same time, we have a big financial crisis going on. And and not putting my hat in is just doing disservice to this town and community that gave me so much. And I've, I, you know, I've had such a great successful career and to be able to apply some of those skills and help my community, help the town, help the county, it's the least I can do. So I, I feel this is, this is a, a, a service call that I, I need to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy to, uh, you know, join this team. As I said, all, all the freeholders that are running are great. That yes. For this time, I believe I'm the right candidate. And your resume says that uh, as well, uh, because, again, it's uh, remarkable that somebody with your background and uh, uh, experience uh, is uh, tackling these things in this uh, way as well as in the more uh, conventional uh, ways. Now, um, you had brought up during the meeting uh, some disturbing news about uh, mental health. And uh, a big chunk of my background, over three and a half uh, decades, in fact, is uh, dedicated to mental health, mostly in New York uh, City. Uh, so I was very uh, concerned about the, the information that you shared, but you had a plan to address this, and uh, you had started working on it already. Uh, we have a show on mental health, you know, because uh, I'm involved with the stigma free, uh, stigma-free Committee and also the Access for All Committees here in uh, Tenafly. Um, and uh, so those are of concern to me, plus uh, my background. So can you please go into a little bit more about what we need to improve access to mental health, uh, uh, not only here locally, but, um, you know, more globally as well, because it is a problem. We have activists as guests on the show. We have professionals guests on the show, and and they're pretty much painting the same picture. Yeah. So I think what, what I had shared with you is that um, access to mental health is a huge issue, and New Jersey banks, 33rd in the country in terms of access uh, to wow. mental health. And the, and the way the access measure uh, works, it includes access to insurance, access to treatment, quality and cost of insurance, access to special education, um, workforce availability. All of those factors really impact the access measure. Uh, I think one of the states that is doing a very good job in terms of access to mental health is, uh, I think it's Vermont, um, is one of the top states in terms of access. So here we are in New Jersey. We're 33rd. We need to do better. We recognize that. We also know that there's a huge impact of mental health um, into other factors, right, in the community is also related to suicide um, globally. I think there's about 800,000 people that die due to suicide every year. Um, And suicide is the second leading cause of death in in 15 to 29-year-olds. So, you know, there's an opportunity globally. And then in terms of U.S., 
I think there's about 44,000 Americans that die of suicide each year. Um, that's quite significant numbers yes. in terms of what we're dealing with when it comes to mental health. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, those uh, like with substance abuse disorders or, or six times more likely to, com- com- you know, complete suicide than those without, you know, these are, these numbers are just astonishing. And the most uh, interesting thing is this is something we can manage. Oops. We seem to have a return of our technical problem here. Uh, Let me see what uh, I can do. And uh, I'm sure that Arjumand is uh, attempting to reconnect uh, as well. In uh, the interim, let's play a nice uh, song uh, so until we straighten this uh, out. We will hear Taking It to the Streets by Amikela. automated voice messaging system. Project. This is Hercules Invictus, and again, I apologize for this uh, uh, technical glitch. I will notify Block Talk Radio as soon as tonight's uh, show is over. Uh, we are speaking to Shahanaz 
Argument, and she is a candidate for the position of freeholder here in Bergen County, New Jersey. She has an impressive resume. Uh, she's very prepared. She's very motivated and dedicated, and uh, it's a great honor to, to have her here. And we were talking about mental health before uh, the information age decided to act up on us. Uh, welcome back, Shauna. Satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To erase and re-record, press 3. To continue recording where you left off, press 4. Our guests, our technical difficulty continues. Let me get her back. If you're satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To erase and re-record, press 3. To continue recording where you left off, press 4. Hello, Shana. Yes, Hi, here. I'm sorry. I think I got disconnected again. So. Yes, you did, and, and I apologize for this. Um, we were talking about mental health in New Jersey yes. uh, and uh, how uh, our lack of access to mental health services has been uh, causing a lot of problems, including a rise in the suicide rate. Uh, so that's where yeah. we were before we were cut off. Yeah, so I, I do think, you know, it, I, I think I was uh, speaking about some of the action items we can take to really destigmatize it, expand the coverage, um, refocus uh, uh, early on and address issues early in the, in, in children's lives, um, look at all the resources um, and, and gateways to mental health, whether it's the pediatrician, the internist, the teacher, whoever, to really start uh, uh, engaging those resources early on. And uh, also look at uh, different deliveries of mental health. Uh, there's opportunities for us to look at. Are you there? I'm here. Am I still on? Okay. You're still I on. I, okay. Um, so uh, the, the deliveries of mental health is another opportunity for us to look at, you know, uh, to see if there's an opportunity to do telemedicine and other ways so that people really have access to uh, resources um, that, that we could make available. And also there's an opportunity to really collaborate with all of the partners, social services, paraprofessionals, professionals, uh, schools, maybe even safety, and look if there's any risks um, in the household that, you know, we've got this issue. And obviously we have suicide rates, so are there, um, you know, weapons in the house that really need to be under safety lock, et cetera. So that's, I think, another um, important factor we need to really consider knowing the, the kind of alarming suicide rates we also have in the country. There are a lot of groups that are um, uh, springing forth and uh, taking up the, this uh, challenge. Like recently I started uh, uh, interacting with uh, um, alumni in recovery. Uh, it's a group uh, here uh, locally 
And uh, what they do is uh, uh, kids who are in recovery share their stories about, uh, you know, what got them uh, into drugs and uh, where the drugs uh, took them, which was often to uh, the contemplation or the attempt of suicide. Uh, and uh, they address other kids. And then they have for parents, uh, parents of kids who went that route sharing their stories. And sometimes the, the, the kids did commit suicide. So they, they share those painful stories in hopes of uh, uh, preventing other kids from going down that route. And uh, they're very mm-hmm. active uh, locally. And there's other groups, too. It's, uh, it's amazing how many uh, people, you know, wanting to address this problem have come up with creative uh, uh, solutions and are, and are trying to address it. Uh, but obviously, it's yeah. not enough. Yeah, I mean, clearly we need to do more because we do know access is a big issue. The, you know, I, I know that Governor Murphy did sign into law a bill that closes loopholes for managed care companies that had to limit mental health treatment. So we really need to educate and effectively execute this law and not expect our teachers, neighbors to be mental health experts, um, but to really um, make sure we've got a plan to execute this and improve access. Very, very true. Um, now, you mentioned also uh, financial uh, services in your background, and uh, um, that leads to the topic of uh, workforce uh, development. Given our current economy and uh, the situation of uh, the workforce, uh, what type of initiatives are you uh, contemplating to uh, uh, pretty much uh, address what needs to be addressed in that circumstance and fix it? So I, I think there's a lot we need to do uh, in terms of focusing our efforts and investments on education. Uh, and when I talk about education, um, it really is looking at areas of uh, up growth uh, opportunities. So, for example, a lot of the tasks um, that were done at entry-level positions have been outsourced. And then what has happened since then, that was like a decade or so ago, many of Mm -hmm. those tasks or entry-level positions, if they were not outsourced, um, and those even that have been outsourced, are now going into uh, part of digitization plans. So they're going into robotics. And we need to really look at what are the new skills that are needed in the future and focus or training and our education curriculum on those skills and make education affordable for all mm. communities, right? Yes. So right now, if we have a community college, uh, you know, we do have an all-stars program that helps some of the top uh, students get in uh, pre, but how do we make this really affordable for all communities and all level of uh, achievement? And what are the minimum education requirements that would help people in terms of the future skill force, whether it's, you know, uh, learning a whole new set of skills that weren't required maybe even 10 years ago, but are now just the basic minimum. And we need to focus on those and really build that curriculum and, and, um, and focus on, on the, the groups that will that will be the most impacted 
I mean, right now the middle class is impacted with everything yes. that's going on, whether it's digitization or sourcing, globalization, all of that is really impacting that, that community, and we need to really make sure that that um, middle class community is able to be part of the workforce because they're a big contributor to the economy, and we need to really protect that. Very true. And uh, several people with uh, uh, very powerful vocational backgrounds have now been talking about the rise of AI and how artificial yes. intelligence is going to affect uh, employability. And uh, they're not very optimistic <laughs> about uh, what will happen when that emerges as more of a, uh, an issue than it currently is. Yeah, and we need, we need to really focus on innovation you know, strategic thinking and and really help people um, think about what skill sets will get us there. So it's more about collaboration, creativity. All of those things become so much more important in terms of what the future workforce will look like. Um, I, I think we need to allow that it requires a whole different type of teaching and a whole different type of engagement. The rise of AI is here, um, yes. and we need to really develop that talent to for future workforce. Otherwise, what will happen is we shop for that talent globally, and we may feel that that's the shortage we have locally, and we need to develop that. And right now, that is, that is what's happening. Our journey is almost over for today. Uh, but I wanted to ask uh, one more question because uh, we didn't really uh, touch upon it, uh, is uh, the environmental issues that are uh, confronting us. Do you have any thoughts uh, um, on uh, how we can uh, ch- change to bring about uh, uh, protections yeah. that now are very quickly disappearing? Yeah, and, you know, this is another big area that unfortunately the current administration has had completely, you know, took us back. We started the show with talking about our civil liberties have been attacked. Well, environment has been attacked by the current administration and really need to focus on it. One of the areas that I think we are, we're going to really focus on this year and next year is uh, the, uh, um, the energy aggregator, which is the new type of energy service provider which can increase or moderate the electricity consumption of a group of consumers um, according to the total electricity demand on a grid. Right? So you can actually, uh, it's almost like a shared service type of energy that we can contract with a, uh, at a county level, and, and, and it's a cleaner energy. Uh, actually, New Jersey um, uh, received a $25,000 Community Energy Planning Grant for Bergen County to develop a community energy plan um, using the New Jersey Energy Master Plan as a blueprint. So this helps us create the goals and strategies to see how do we get clean energy production and reduce the use of uh, energy locally. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to really see what are the what are the innovation, innovative ways we can really, you know, uh, protect and save our environment? That's just one of the things. I mean, there's a lot of uh, things we need to do in terms of the environment and to protect it. Um, but that's that's definitely an opportunity. Uh, 
I think we need, we're looking at in 2020. Thank you so very much for being guests on the show. Again, I apologize for the, for the problems with the connectivity. Uh, and I wish you great success. Your heart is in the right place. Your mind is in the right place. And you have a, a very impressive uh, resume that qualifies you to understand and to take action on a lot of the issues that are currently uh, facing us. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. And how can people find out more about uh, you and what you're doing and get involved? So I have a Facebook page, Arjuman for Freeholder. They can, uh, all the information is updated. They can tweet uh, Arjuman for Freeholder. I'm on Twitter. Uh, It's A-R-J-U-M-A-N-D for Freeholder on the Facebook page. And I always update the Facebook page. Thank you so very much again, and I wish you great success. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. You too. Um, We're going to listen to a brief uh, song, Evolve by Bumpoats Orchestra, and then we'll be back with the Sussex Report, the Four Elements, and the Domino Effect with Astrid. Thank you. 
Under the Aegis of the Age of Heroes And Astrid is here To lead us through the Sussex Report The Four Elements And the Domino Effect Um, Astrid is one of my greatest uh, resources She sends me tons of information It's very useful uh, And I wish there were more hours in each day So that I could apply all this wonderful information But uh, it helps me navigate uh, through All of these challenges that are currently facing us And she sent me a lot of positive uh, news Over the past uh, couple of days On all the things that are being done By our uh, elected officials So uh, thank you very much for everything Astrid Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for, again for having a forum here where we can put out the information and share it with others. That's the big thing. Now, I must warn you, uh, the board is acting up today. It uh, kicked off my previous uh, guest like maybe six times during the course of our uh, interview. We got through it, uh, but uh, it was uh, fraught with adventure rather than being a smooth uh, experience. So uh, just in case we throw off, uh, just letting you know. I'm glad you told me the word is be flexible. And in this time, this age, we can see flexibility is very important. And I'm going to be focusing a lot on being proactive with health and the domino effect with that. So I'm going to start with the Sussex Report, and I'm going to uh, go into detail about Karen Ann Quinlan Hospice Center because they do so much for so many people. They are starting their paper shredding event, which is great because who needs all these documents around? I don't know about you, Hercules, but I am forever going through bags and satchels and this and that of of things that I have taken out that are important that I put aside Uh and I try to file them. But then there comes a point where you have to get rid of them. And if you have your information on it, I mean, you're cutting out pieces from uh, envelopes that have your customer number and an ID number, very important to get rid of that. So uh, they are starting again after their winter break. It is this Saturday at the Karen Ann Quinlan Hospice Center right there in Newton. And it is from 9 in the morning to 12 noon, $6 a grocery bag. You can go call them at 973-383-0115 if you're interested to know a little more. But it's pretty much, you know, right there in terms of uh, you just go there, bring it, they shred it. And the money, it's taking care of your problem with all these documents, and it also raises funds for hospice, which is a great thing. 
That is awesome. Yes, and they have a whole lot going on. On the 20th of March, they have in Midford, Pennsylvania, at the Pike County Public Library, because hospice is all over. You know, besides New Jersey, they do have this area in Pike County, which you know, Milford, PA, is magnificent. You know, we attended the butterfly release there. It is a workshop on advanced directives, five wishes, and that's 11 in the morning on 320. An advanced directive is just another fancy way of saying living will. (laughs) And we're celebrating National Health Care Decisions Day, which is April 16th. So, you know, it's a good thing to just be mindful of what you have in the house, what you need, instead of waiting, you know, for something horrific to happen, or not even just yourself, but other people around you. And you will be using the Five Wishes Handbook, and I'm pretty sure you're getting it free. You have to register for the workshop. It's a free workshop. They are having the same workshop on the 28th of uh, March at 2 p.m. in Sussex County, New Jersey, at the Wantage Library which is 973-875-3940 if you wish to uh, pre-register for that. So it's in two locations. That's a good thing. And at the end of the month, 3.30 and 4.1, so it's two days, they have Mm -hmm. a professional development workshop for educators, and it's called Healing in the Classroom Workshops. It's from 8.30 to 4.00. They have a printable uh, registration packet online. It is a two-day educational training to deal with uh, children that are are concerned with grief within their family. So that's a really great thing because so often, you know, you come across it. Yeah, and and it's not really ever really – I mean, it's always put on the social worker's back or the team, and and that's if they can fit it in. How nice to give the tools to – other educators that actually can turnkey at, at um, faculty meetings or whatever, get information in turnkey for other educators. So uh, I think that's just wonderful. And I will pass all that information on to you. Thank you. And we have, we have a lot going on because March, you know, is, is uh, spring into health month. And there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, keeping yourself healthy in terms of heart health. Women have different symptoms than men. It is the number one killer in women, not breast cancer. It is, you know, heart attacks, fatal heart attacks. And at March 12th, which actually is tomorrow at 1 p.m., they have March into Good Health. And it's at the Newton Medical Center in High Street, Newton, at the Romano Conference Center. You can call 844-472-8499 or go to AtlanticHealth.org, that's a great thing. And on March 25th at 7.30 p.m., the Sussex County Y in Hardiston is having a um, presentation. It says, you are what you eat, tips for healthy eating. And you can contact them at 973-209-9622. A very long website, so I'm not even going to say it here. I will post it. Besides that, we have good old Project Self-Sufficiency. They have a career center in Newton. And uh, they have a free family law seminar. And that is on... Actually, well, you know what? Sorry, it's tonight, and it's over, and registration was required. So unfortunately, we missed that. But they have it constantly. 
So if you're interested in free family law and learning about how you can use the law related to family uh, issues, contact them and find out when they're having it again. They do have free parenting classes at 6 p.m. Wednesdays from March 18th to May 20th, with the exception of April 8th, and you need registration for that. The other thing I'm going to mention again, because I mentioned it maybe, I don't know, about two weeks ago, was the recovery-friendly St. Patrick's Day party, because that's coming up next week. And actually, it's coming up on Saturday. So I keep forgetting we're mid-March. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You know, so people that want to celebrate, they're hesitant going out with their friends because it means they're, you know, going to get dragged into a drinking spree and they really don't want to, you know, damage anything that they've, they've managed to achieve. It is a recovery-friendly St. Patty's Day party from 5 to 7 at night, March 14th, which is Saturday, at the center, 65 Newton Sparta Road, registrations required. You can call them at 973-940-2966. And there's also a website, Marjorie at centerforprevention.org. I will pass that on to you as well. Thank you. So a lot going on. <laughs> and there, that's great. When, when we meet on uh, Saturday, um, what you're telling me now, I will I will tell you how because um, I'm I'm evolving what we're doing, you know, taking it to like the next level. So I have some Great. ideas on how to better integrate all the treasures that you share with us. So uh, um, wonderful. So that's and you can't plan. That's wonderful. We'll go into detail with that. And you can't yeah. plan ahead. There's something called maple sugaring. And uh, they have an open house at Lust Croft Farms. Now, you've heard me talk about Lust Croft Farms being, you know, um, amazing, amazing organization. And, and the history of Lust Croft Farms is unbelievable. And I, I really would, would uh, plead with our listeners to look it up, Google it, to see all the things that Lust Croft Farms has done throughout the years. And that's going to be three, March 21st to the 22nd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can actually see the maple sugaring process happen. What's great about that is that's healthy, too, because it's so much better to use a natural sugar rather than bleached white sugar, the artificial things, substitutes that they have that are chemicals, most of them. And you always read, you know, if you're going to do something, Trying and use something that's plant-based or natural, like a honey or maple sugar, maple from you know the syrup from a tree. Uh-huh. Better thing to do. So if you can't give it up, find another way to do it. Modify your way. Right. How about that? And, and you also do a lot. Uh, uh, I I just wanted to say that uh, you are appreciated. <laughs> you do your own strong attention to what other people are doing uh, but you're doing a lot yourself you're always out there uh, busy uh, uh, in your various uh, uh, circles of uh, influence from yourself to your family to your friends uh, to your community uh, and to the world at large so uh, you're always keeping busy with new and good things as well so thank you yeah. Well, thank you, because as I say, what goes is just saying it to myself. You really need a platform. Yeah, I can say it to my family. I can say it to my friends. Uh, I can 
email my friends, but it makes a difference putting it out there. And again, I thank you for having this forum so that we can put it out there and reach as many people as possible. What you choose to do with it, that's up to you. You know, it's up to you, the listener. But, but the point of it is, it's there, and you can decide. And we are doing the research. You know, we're getting the information. And on that point with the Sussex County report, I'm going to end with an amazing aspect of one of our elected officials. I sent you quite a few things that, that came out recently about uh, this coronavirus. But last week, there was a great big article in the Township Journal about health officials talking about the coronavirus preparation. Thank you, people within New Jersey who decided to do something and not wait for the federal government. And this was Congressman Josh Gottheimer. He met on March 1st. He's our um, uh, representative in the 5th District. He joined with the health officials from Hackensack University Medical Center and um, Newbridge Medical Center, Holy Name Medical Center, and Atlantic Health Organization that, that deals with insurance to discuss coronavirus coordination, response, and preparedness across the 5th District, which we are in Sussex County. I think it's fantastic that he jumped ahead and said, yeah, it's important to address it on the federal level, but we need to also look at the local level. If they're not moving fast enough, we've got to make it happen. And he mentioned that we need to make sure hospitals and health facilities have everything they need, ranging from protective uh, equipment for employees, comprehensive quarantine plans, and the necessary medicine and materials to treat patients. And I thought that's wonderful. He pushed for a boost in federal investment to combat it and to prevent the spread of the virus within the United States by urging, he himself urged, the Health and Human Services Secretary on the federal level, Alex Cesar, to request emergency supplemental appropriation for Congress. So we just heard a president mention something about uh, getting it going. Thank okay. Gottheimer for pushing it, our fifth district representative. And he studied and looked into it and said, well, we can't wait till it becomes a major public health crisis. We have to do it now. And so the centers got together with him, and they, they uh, jumped at his request to put, him on, put them on the path, and they, they were very happy about it and, um, in terms of dealing with it and looking to see which direction they were going to go into. So thank you, Gottheimer. Yes, thank you. And, really. uh, and then... He's also known as uh, somebody who's uh, very bipartisan, uh, and although yes. he draws a lot of uh, criticism for that from some people, uh, the very fact that he's working with uh, uh, people not of his party, not of his ideology, uh, says a lot right. for him. We need more of that in, in this world today. Yes, and, you know, I've heard so many different things. I've heard the Republicans. I mean, I, I read that one article two weeks ago where the freeholders endorsed this one particular man. And for the Republican um, uh, primary against Gottheimer, and, and it was quite obnoxious. The man was like, yeah, what has he done for us lately? Well, if you can do one one-hundredth of what this man has done, and you're right, it is not about one party saying, well, he's the wrong party when he's been bipartisan, or 
progressive Democrats saying he's not progressive enough. I don't know about other people, but I want someone. I don't care what party he is. I care that he's working for the good of the people, something that many politicians lack, that they forget. So, you know, I am really proud that he is representing us, and I hope people see and read all that he has done. I've mentioned it on um, our blogs previous times, the amount of programs he has sponsored and co-sponsored. He doesn't wait. He takes the initiative, and I like the fact that he does that, and particularly with this. March 1st, he held a meeting about this, which means he was already planning this with hospitals and medical professions in February. Wow. February. That's amazing. And I know that um, the senior vice president, Dr. Jan Schwartz-Miller from Atlantic Health System, the medical and academic officer, has been putting information out there in terms of um, knowing where to get the right information and assuring people that people will be trained. They're going to really take care of people with severe respiratory problems and other infectious diseases. Um, They want people to uh, draw on the experience of what's going on, of anyone that, um, that they're part of a community, that there are preventative actions. And if you're having symptoms, you can call ahead of your visit to the doctor to communicate your travel symptoms. And this is important. You just don't make an appointment with the doctor. You have to now give all this information ahead of time. And I love this. So I'll quote this. Quote, finally, it is critical that our communities know where to obtain the most accurate and current information from credible sources. There you go. That word, credible. And it says here the New Jersey Department of Health has a 24-hour hotline at 1-800-222-1222 where trained healthcare professionals will stand by to answer questions. The CDC and NIH are also excellent sources for information. So that's great, too. So people um, have been stepping forward. Great thing. Awesome. Now, awesome. yeah. Now I, I'm going to go to this because I think this is important to start with this before I go into the domino effect and some of the things that are happening that people have to disregard and they have to start listening to things that are there's that word credible. Now this is great. Some news. This is a doctor in Europe, and the title says "Young and Unafraid of the Pandemic." Good for you. <laughs> now stop killing people. This is a doctor, and I'm going to just straight read it out. I'm a doctor in a major hospital in Western Europe. Watching you Americans and Brits in the still early days of the coronavirus pandemic is like watching a familiar horror movie, where the protagonists yet again split into pairs or decide to take a tour of the dark basement. The real-life versions of this behavior are pretending it's just a flu, keeping schools open, following through with the holiday plans, and going into the office daily. That's what we did in Italy. So obviously this is a doctor, a medical doctor in Italy. We were so complacent that even when people with, the, with symptoms started showing up, we wrote it off as a nasty case of the flu. We kept the economy going. We pointed fingers at China and urged tourists to keep traveling. The majority of us told others, this isn't so bad. We're young. We're fit. We'll be fine if we get it. Fast forward two months, and we are drowning. 
statistically speaking, judging by the curve in China, we are not even at the peak yet. But our fatality rate is over 6%, double the known global average. So most of his friends are now child, or are doctors, his childhood friends, working in northern Italy. They are having to choose between intubating a 40-year-old with two kids, a 40-year-old who is fit and healthy, and a 60-year-old with high blood pressure because they don't have enough beds to do, deal with it. In the hallway, there are another 15 people who are waiting who can hardly breathe and need oxygen. The Army is trying to bring some of them to the other regions with helicopters. The flow is just too much. Too many people are getting sick at simultaneously. We're still awaiting the peak of this epidemic in Europe. Probably early April for Italy, mid-April for Germany and Switzerland, somewhere that time for the U.K., and in the U.S., the infection has only just begun. But until we're past peak, the only solution is to impose social restrictions. And if your government is hesitating, remember this is an Italian speaking, these restrictions are up to you. Stay put, don't travel, cancel that family reunion, the promotion party. I know I'm not going to even use the language here, it really, uh, but these are special times, but don't take risks. Do not take risks. It's not worth it. Why? Because fatality is the wrong yardstick. Catching right. up, catching the virus can mess up your life in many, many w- more ways. You know, you're all young. If we get the bug, we'll survive. But how about needing four months of physical therapy or getting scar tissue in your lungs and having your activity level restricted for the rest of your life, uh, not to mention having a, the chance of catching another bug in the hospital? Or if you have an immune system that is distracted, even by the false alarm of the flu, nothing is worth the risk. You might catch it. You might not even get symptoms. Good for you. Very bad for everyone else, from your own grandparents to the random older person who got off on the subway train a stop or two. You're fine. You barely even sneezed or coughed, but you're walking around. Is that fair? So this is really a great thing because it's talking about all the different aspects that happened. And it says right. the government should institute instruction, provide a financial fallback, compensate business owners, ease the financial load on everyone as much as possible. But if your government or company is slow on the uptake, take responsibility for yourself. I think it's great. It says it's a civic yeah. and moral duty of everyone everywhere to take part in the global effort to reduce the threat to humanity. And this is a senior doctor at a major European hospital. So wow. amazing. And, you know, you're hearing the, tip of the same thing. You, you clean your hands frequently. Soap and water is the base, the best. Uh, wash your hands after coughing or sneezing when you're caring for the sick. Maintain at least one meter, that's three feet distance from anyone who's coughing or sneezing. This is a big thing. Avoid touching your hands, nose, mouth. And, you know, Hercules, we touch, ob- yeah, we touch objects all the time. And yes, we don't we do. realize how dangerous it is as you're touching these things. So what do you do? You know, what do you do? Well, Consumer Reports is a very reputable company. I look at them. And, and again, you have to make your own decisions. You look at the research. So Consumer Reports says you could – there are different ways you can use household products 
That mm-hmm. should keep you safe. And again, that's soap and water. But you have to do it more than a few seconds, about two minutes. And uh, hand washing is the best, it says here. The other thing that they say, you know, Clorox wipes, of course. Of course, mm-hmm. your hands are going to get very dry if you're constantly doing that. Yes, bleach, but you're going to have to cut the bleach. It's one-third cup of bleach to a gallon of water. Or if there are teaspoons of bleach per quart for virus disinfectant, uh, disinfection. That's, you have to wear gloves when you're using bleach. And never mix it with anything except water. So bleach does work against viruses. Isopropyl alcohol. There was a report on uh, Facebook, not Facebook, uh, YouTube, I believe, uh, that some people, uh, under the mistaken belief that it would help them, started mm. drinking bleach. <laughs> and that's never a good idea. Unbelievable. Well, there was also an article in the paper that they went to some 7-Eleven store, and they were, they were all sold out, and they made some little you know, concoction of theirs. They're not... I would never take something from someone and you don't know what's in it because right. you don't know the ratio of the chemical. And this thing of, of vodka, give me a break. Vodka? No, I don't think so. Yeah, there's some alcohol in it, but we'll get into that later because there's a whole okay. big thing about that. But iso, isopropyl alcohol, rubbing alcohol, it, has, it must have 70% alcohol. It's effective against this virus. Don't dilute it, it says. It can, it's safe for all surfaces, but it can discolor some plastics. Hydrogen okay. peroxide, how about that? <laughs> I didn't affected, know that. It, I didn't know it. It, de- it destroys colds. It's a virus within six to eight minutes of exposure. So wow. that's amazing. So it says it can break it down quickly. You have to pour it undiluted in a spray bottle and spray it on the surface, but let it sit on the surface for several minutes. There you go. You, it says you're what not to use. Don't use a homemade sanitizer. Not only can you hurt yourself, but, uh, you know, you could cause some problems. And here we go. The vodka one. There are widely circulated recipes on the Internet using vodka. Oh, yes. Tito, Smirnoff, they've come out with statements telling their customer that their 80-proof vodka does not contain enough ethyl alcohol. That one important that's important uh, one ingredient that's important. It's only forty uh-huh. percent of that particular alcohol compared with the seventy percent required to kill the virus. So don't go to the vodka the cure. <laughs> Distilled white vinegar. No, no evidence that vinegar will work. So that's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. <laughs> that all of these things come out and people are very quick to jump on it because, you know, again, the domino effect, the fear. The fear right. is frightening. People are afraid. Now, here we go. The hand sanitizers. Here's another hor- horrific thing. There are hand sanitizers that will not work. So if you don't have the CDC's recommended minimum of 60%, that's the minimum, it's usually 60 to 70% of alcohol. Don't buy it. They are, a lot of these sanitizers, they're, being, they're flying off the store, sure, the store shelves. Yeah. And on Amazon, they're being listed for prices that are beyond belief. Now, this is from ProPublica. It's a nonprofit newsroom, and it investigates different abuses. And so this is abuse, a consumer abuse. They're right. building on people's fears, 
And I don't care what it says on in, in the front. It kills 99% of illnesses causing germs. And it doesn't mean it's going to work against this. You, the Centers right. for Disease Control and Prevention says it must have 60, at least 60% alcohol when you aren't able to wash your hands. And you should not use alcohol-free products because they are getting bought up like crazy. You have to read the back, the ingredients. Some of the hand sanitizers made by Purell, Germax, Germex, and a couple of the ones they rely on. Yeah, I'll never be able to say this. Benzoconium chloride, or I got the chloride right, instead of alcohol as the active ingredient. It is a non-alcoholic antiseptic product, and it does not work on all germs. It merely reduces the growth of germs rather than killing them. So, people are buying these things. They said the hand wipes jumped up in price on Amazon.com from 11.88, I guess large groups, in January to 79.99 on Wednesday afternoon before jumping to 199.99 on Wednesday night. According to the price tracker, Keeper.com, now they're sold out. That is frightening, that people would abuse and make money. It's like, you know, the gas crunch, this, that, you know, when they were just uh-huh. crunching anything. And um, it's unbelievable. Price is surging from $10 up to $50 for Germex alcohol-free foaming hand sanitizer. It doesn't uh-huh. work. So... Now Amazon is jumping on it. Well, good work, Jeff. A little late, but um, they're going to, they just announced, uh, eBay just announced on Friday, they were banning listings for hand sanitizers, masks, and disinfecting wipes, and it's going to remove listings other than books because people are just losing it. And, yeah, you need it, but there are other things you can do. Personally, you know, like, like I know people have gone to ShopRite or Weiss or any grocery store, and they have those little dispensers with the cloths yeah. that you can clean the handles. You can actually bring your own, like the baby wipes and make your little, um, you know, use. I've used Thieves. That doesn't mean everybody would like to use that, but Thieves oil is unbelievable. And we've talked about essential yeah. oils. And you're uh-huh. not allowed by the government to say that it will cure something or fix something. But I will tell you the history of it. Thebes essential oil, and that's made by Young Living. They are comparable products by other reputable, and I will say the word reputable, because there are some oil dispensaries that have these essential oils, and they're not even pure grade. They're not 100%. They're not right. controlled well. But this is a blend of highly antiviral, antiseptic, antibacterial, anti-infectious oils mixed together. Why is it called thieves? Because it was recreated from research. There was a group of 15th century thieves who would go around during the Black Plague and Uh rub a blend of botanicals on themselves to avoid contracting the plague. While they robbed the bodies, dead bodies, and the houses of the dead where all this black plague was. And when they were apprehended, they were forced to tell what the secret was. I guess that's better than being put to death, huh? 
I, I guess. A, minor, <laughs> a minor sentence they divulged their secret, and it was a, com- a combination of oils from botanicals. The ingredients are clove, lemon, cinnamon bark, eucalyptus radiata, and rosemary. Um, you can use it different ways. You can diffuse it. You can spray it. You can breathe it. You can actually put a drop of it in the, um, on uh, the back of your tongue, and it will protect your throat area because, you know, we put our hands in our mouth. We do this, we do that. And oh, so many of the germs enter your mouth area, go right to the back of that throat, <laughs> and um, you've got it right into your bloodstream. But I will say that there have been studies and, um, at the Weber State University. There have been studies in Europe that demonstrating the killing power of these oils against airborne microorganisms. After 10 minutes of thieves diffusion in the air, there was an 82% reduction in the positive, I don't even know what this is, some kind of uh, organism, Micrococcus luteus, and a 96% reduction in gram-negative, again, some other kind of um, organism, that's amazing. Uh, all I can say is, you know, you can look into it and do the research yourself. I'm not saying you should do it. I can just tell you my testimonial, what, what, that it worked for me. Did I believe that this would work? No. I, you know, taught art to 900 to 1,000 students ranging from 5 years old to 13 years old a week. And I handled equipment. They handled mm-hmm. equipment, touched doorknobs. Um, close proximity with them, you know, looking at their work, reviewing things. Every 40 minutes I had a new group. And when I started to use that oil and their hand soap, I used the hand soap, I would buy it. It was worth it to me to put it by the sink. And very often, like, you know, the kids couldn't actually have them line up at the sink, but I'd get paper towels, cut them up, put them in warm water, and then put the soap liquid soap on it so therefore their hands were getting clean the tables were getting clean I would clean the doorknobs every so often I I went from constantly getting colds and flus sinus infections to maybe having one cold in about seven eight years wow and that's all from oil just from using that oil. And again, there are different ways you can use it. Now, I tend to, I contacted them today and I ordered, they have a household cleaner, but you can make it. They have, if you go on to different sites, you can find ways to make it yourself. In other words, you just get uh, the thieves oil, you mix it, you know, with water, you put it in a little spray bottle. I'm actually going to get a small little, you know, travel packet of Uh wipes baby wipes, and I'm going to put some thieves, I'm going to get the thieves, cut it down, the thieves household cleaner, and, and I'm going to cut it down. I'm going to put it in there, and I have my own cleaner, and I know it's antiviral. I know that it's worked for me for how many years. And, again, you know, there's other logical things because they've said there are, there are people that are more at risk, so you have to be careful, people who have compromised immune systems, cancer, um, older, even if you're healthy. So that means me, you know, over a certain year, 
Um, you have to be more, it, it's just a matter of being proactive rather than saying, oh man, I can't go to this concert. I, I can't do this. I can't do that. If you're going to go, protect yourself. If you are not going to go and you, know, you, you feel that you'd be better off not going, well then, you know, you, you have to deal with it your own way. But you also have to remember, it's not just you anymore. It's not just you. Right. It's everyone around you it affects. And so it's not just the sneezing. And because it's not just breathing it, I was reading somewhere about the air mass. Well, yeah, you can use the, those filters. And what about your eyes? When right. it travels, it's not just your mouth. You know, orifices, your eyes and your mouth. Yeah, but your eyes are another vital thing that people forget. What are you going to do? I mean, you can't. Totally, um, that's why you've got to think about where you're going, uh, where it would be. And, and then you have to use common sense. What is a more riskier situation? Now, our journey today has ended, um, and I want to thank you for all of the information. Uh, on uh, Saturday, I'll have questions about thieves' oil. Michael Golosi yes. recommended a vitamin regimen, too, that I'll share with you on uh uh, they said vitamin C and zinc are very important. Those are two of them. You have six uh, altogether. There you go. There you go. Good. We can put that out there for our listeners, too. <laughs> so thank you so much. You're awesome. I can't wait to see you uh, this weekend. And I wish you all the best in all things. Thank you. And you and Athena as well. Have a great night. You too. Uh, we're going to listen to King of Dreams, and then we'll be back with Bill Waitman and I on Northern New Jersey. I am the king of dreams. 
And welcome back to the Elysium Project. I'm your host, Hercules, and tonight is our Path of Public Service show, which is part of the Age of Heroes series. Um, we are having connectivity problems tonight. Uh, they plagued our first uh, segment. Uh, we were free of them for the second segment, but it seems that uh, uh, our guests uh, and our co-hosts have not been able to connect. So uh, I am going to share some information about myself and these podcasts and what they're all about uh, for those who are new and as we try to fix the problem. I am Hercules Invictus, as I have shared. Uh, My Olympian mission is to promote lifelong personal development, human empowerment, out-of-the-box thinking, 
creative self-expression and dedication of one's unique talents to community service. All of my labors in this lifetime celebrate the hero's journey in myth, legend, spirituality, popular culture, and in daily life. I firmly believe that the human spirit is essentially heroic and always seeking ways to express its innate nobility and greatness, and that a life fully lived, dedicated to actualizing the highest we can conceive, is the noblest expression of human existence. So that is pretty much what I'm all about. And uh, let's see if uh, Bill's been able to connect. Uh, Bill, hi, is that you? Yeah, that's me. I got awesome. caught in something. Okay, uh, I, I, you I, I heard you understand. We had some uh, difficulty connecting in our first segment, uh, so I was wondering if that same thing was happening now. But okay, uh, you're here. Welcome. How's everything? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I, I, I have to make a trip next week, but I'll, I'll be able to do the show. Uh, I, I guess awesome. my uh, my uh, what do you call it? Uh, my um, my political person didn't show up. I guess, okay. Uh, through Davies, but I'm here. I'm glad that you're here. Um, and uh, let's first address these rumors going around that you'll be running again soon in, uh, for political office. Is there any truth to those rumors? Yes, there is. Uh, I, I was awesome. thinking of running freeholder this year, but my real goal is to run against uh, I, for uh, the assembly. Uh, okay. I, I know the Democrats won't have anybody in my region. You know, they'll have a write-in candidate. That's not the way to do it. Uh, you, you need to get your petition signed and full. Um, I've been leading the issues in Sussex County and the environment, and uh, they're a little off-center. Um, uh, I, I don't believe some of the things that are going on. Uh, people are writing about taking away rights from, uh, uh, you know, the craft unions. Uh, yeah, they have this thing about uh, their salary levels, and uh, you know, Hercules. I worked in New Jersey and across the country. I developed, uh, along with American College Testing, people know that because they either take the SAT or the ACT. But I uh, worked with them to develop apprenticeship test for uh, a lot of the unions. And uh, uh, going back, I, I was talking to my son tonight, who was a, uh, he was a union electrician, now he has his own business. I remember mm-hmm. in the sour times of our economy that people from Wall Street were trying to become apprentices and start all over to make that 100000 But, um, you know, I come from a region that's, uh, in so many ways, they've been waiting for uh, transportation like rails, we had a, a Republican state senator that wanted a monorail. We didn't get it. Um, and I think that's unfortunate that we have no transportation. You know, you live, you're in Tenafly. I don't know the status of the rail, but, you know, I know it goes through my ta- my old town. Uh, the mayor I was supposed to have on here one time, uh, Andrew Suarez uh, from Richfield, um, he's famous for, for, <laughs> for selling kidneys, but he got off. I don't know if you remember that. He wasn't part of that, though. He got off. You, the FBI was that, investigating was politicians. <laughs> I don't know where it was, India or China. I, I, kidneys are in that. You know that I'm, I'm wearing a borrowed one now, but I don't know <laughs> if I'd buy one off the streets of China or India. No offense to either country. But um, 
yeah, I, I would like to. I'm going to do a try at running for uh, the uh, for freeholder, and then next year, for the thrill of it all, uh, I want to run in the presidential election. Uh, so I run run it for assembly. I, I see oh, wow. many things going on. You know, that's my real focus. I've done it. I did it in 1993, and I had uh, good reviews from the Star Ledger. The review was that I was a dying breath at <laughs> a dying party. But uh, yeah, I, I I ran in, in that election against Congressman Gar- a future Congressman Garrett and uh, actually a Republican friend of mine who was in motor vehicle under Whitman. But uh, I was the only candidate in my only candidate that I can think of that was on the ballot in my county. There were other candidates, uh, you know, on, uh, running in uh, Warren and uh, some of the other counties that were in the district, the 24th district. And originally it was a kind of a liberal Republican district when Marge Rockema, uh ran it. And she was pretty close mm-hmm. to your area. I mean, she lived in uh, uh, one of the, I, oh God, can't think of the town in Bergen County. Nice lady. I ran against her once, so I ran for Congress as an independent. So I've had a, a mm-hmm. background. But there's a, I'm reading things that disturb me. I'm hearing that Sanders people might vote for Trump. I think that's really a bizarre notion, you know. Uh, yeah, that, and I don't that know that if I can have any effect on that. Uh, is uh, is sad. Um, you know, I think that we have to win this election. Uh, you know, the president has cut has cut off all travel to Europe. I don't know. That's going to, in economic terms, that could really be bad for our airline industry. Uh, Yes. You know, I don't know. I mean, I can understand the positives of of it, you know, the uh, uh, keeping people from getting infected. But, uh, oh, God, this thing's run out of hand now. Now it is really a pandemic. And, you know, Italy, 80 million people. Um, I'm worried about dictators just saying, hey, let's do this, you know, yeah. and uh, there'll be winners and losers. And uh, uh, unfortunately for me, I'm hoping to run, but uh, I would be one of the people that would be in danger of uh, not surviving this thing because I, I had a kidney transplant. Uh, I have lower, um, you know, lower immunity, probably you or I don't know. if I think there's somebody else in your studio, uh, so I'm going to have to be careful. But um, it's it's these are the t- you know Payne said these were the t- his times these were the worst times, but I in my, in my lifetime and possibly yours these are the worst things that we've ever experienced. These uh, are the most I, I never, You know I I grew up with Kennedy and I I grew up with Eisenhower I I, uh, I didn't really grow up with Harry Truman but I saw him walking around New York City. In uh, those days, without any, uh, you know, security, um, but uh, Johnson and uh, and most of, you know, most of the presidents that we lived under, uh, Nixon had these idiocies, but he, in general, I thought his foreign policy was all right. But this is way, this guy is way off the deep end, and we're polluting our rivers, our lakes. Um, I uh, I got hit by somebody that wrote a twenty thousand. Uh, page commentary on me and climate change. I cut wow. it down. I wrote mine to two to three thousand. It appears it appears in a, a couple of newspapers, but we're, uh-huh. we're facing major issues, and and some of these issues are caused by ourselves and by yes. our leadership in this country. 
I mean, uh, we're going to have big problems. First of all, I don't know. We need to start moving to greener energy. I agree with that. But look at look what's happening now. The oil, the the dispute between Saudi Arabia and Russia is going to have ramifications on us in regards to our own oil. We're lucky yes. to have, I guess, in some circumstances to have it, but it's also keeping us from moving to a clean climate. Uh, and and uh, the thing that I wrote the other day, um, you remember that girl from Scandinavia that that, that, that talked before the UN? Yes. Uh, Greta? Well, she was talking. She was talking about the dangers of 1.5 Celsius. We're way beyond that now. We're between two and seven Celsius in this world. That's devastating. Everything's heating up. You know. Yes. Uh, uh, whether it's the north and the, some people in Florida, you might you might hear this. Some people in Florida that come to Jersey say that Florida is now getting more like Jersey weather. And Jersey weather is getting more like, I don't know what it's getting like. I mean, it's it's like London. It's rain almost every day. That's good. But, uh, uh-huh. you know, we're having all these problems with algae and uh, red algae, green algae, blue algae. Uh, the, the red in that is in, uh, is in the oceans. The blue and the green is in our lakes, which is also a highlands region, which supplies our cities. I know I repeat this over and over every time I'm on your show. Uh, no, that's I got, okay. I got somebody, and it went on for a full page. I don't know why the paper did it, but they let me write a full page or almost a full page. And then I put it in uh, one of uh, uh, so, um, the guy that heads the tap into papers, Michael Shapiro. Uh, they, they published it. I, I was surprised. But um, it, it's beyond belief that people don't believe in climate change. It really it doesn't right. it doesn't make any sense. I mean, we've been going up. To, you know, the guy asked how we measured temperatures years ago. Well, NASA and some of the other organizations can go back and measure temperatures, either from the sky or from, you know, landscapes. Right. So, you know, hold on. I have a dog here. I hope the audience don't mind. He found a dove, a dove candy <laughs> rabbit, and he he pulled it down. He's not getting it. I, I have two dogs myself. I know what that's like. Yeah, be careful with chocolate. It's not good for him. <laughs> I know. He's been eating. He, he sniffed it out. Uh, and this is like a, a six-inch dove. It uh, looks like a, it's an Easter rabbit. Wow. And he's down. Uh, uh, he's a crazy dog. He can jump and every climbed up a bureau that goes up to the ceiling. He was up almost to the top, and he got it. Wow. So he, now he's milling my uh, computers but you know the scene uh what's going on in america um if, if people like uh, uh sanders voters don't vote and uh, if the turnout is so low we can't go through much more of this craziness you know uh, if i compare trump to nixon i give nixon an a plus anyway in foreign policy i think he did a lot of good things i've had the pleasure of my time of meeting kissinger I, I've met him at uh, a book signing or two, and I met him at uh, uh, at a foreign policy meeting. And I don't agree with everything he says. I mean, I I first became acquainted with him in a, a college class where I was. They were using one of his books as a text on foreign policy. But you know, other than his uh, strangeness, uh, Nixon was effective, and uh, and but in the end, they they had the ability to take the. Uh, 
nuclear codes off him. This guy's running around uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, I did an experiment. I found somebody, uh-huh. and I don't know if any of you agree with this. I found a lady from my area. She moved to a place called Mexico, New York, wilderness. No trees, though. It's about a couple of miles from Lake Ontario. I didn't even know. I got to look at a map after talking to you. I didn't know Lake Ontario was in New York State at all. I knew about Lake Erie. Uh, uh-huh. I, I think been on the other side of Lake uh, Ontario, but she's a conservative, and you and and uh, her boyfriend or what? I actually know her husband is a mailman in Newton. All of a sudden, he's on my side. Uh, she she'll put all this stuff out, uh, you know, about Trump. And I just seen somebody else uh, being interviewed. Uh, this is this is not Benny. This is called lack of class consciousness. You know, I'm using a term created by Marx. But it seems to be effective. You think okay. of, you know, you're thinking about things that really don't help you. The taxes don't really help unless you got a, you know, you've got a minimum break. I didn't get any. I had to pay taxes on uh, uh, on the federal side last year. Uh, this year uh-huh. I'm to pay on the state. But um, and they hurt. You know, when you have to pay, they hurt. There, there were six thousand. Lucky I had an wow. offset of three thousand. The other one. But I, I can't, you know, it's hard to pay out of pocket or right. whatever. And we're not benefiting from the thing. The guy's cutting programs after programs after programs. You know, um, our lifespan is actually decreasing. I see from a personal standpoint, we've talked about art of, you know, we've talked about artificial intelligence a number of times. Right. I, and this might sound bad to your audience. But we're in, a, we're in a world competition, just like when Kennedy was around. For me, I would like to see every hyphenated American have a chance, with even out a hyphen, if they're Native American, to get involved in these kinds of classes and artificial intelligence and, and STEM stuff and all the rest of it. Because it's the survival of the country. We're sending like 15,000 people to college and graduate school for STEM uh, and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. China and India are sending people to our country. They're not hyphenated Americans. I have no problem with uh, Indian Americans or, or Chinese Americans that, you know, that either came here or, you know, whatever. But we can't, we can't, we're in a world where we're competing. I'm not talking about closing the borders, but we really need to promote some of our own students. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, more, uh, Black kids should get a chance and encouraged in their schools. And I hear that's happening in some schools, even in Newark and some of the other places, Hispanics. Uh, I don't care, Russian-Americans, any group. We're in a competition. You know, the uh, five, uh, uh, what's the heck is it called? The Huawei. Am I saying that right? Huawei? The uh, uh, oh, Chinese education system? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> they just got picked up by the U.K. Trump was furious. But we need to push our systems and get involved at the front end. They have a thing going uh, called the Silkins uh, uh, and the Road, which is a program where they build dams and bridges and electric. Are you there, Bill? That's my dog. He's making a present. Oh, okay. Uh, so um, that this stuff really bothers me. And uh, – you know, I'm hoping in the election, uh, Sue's Davidson come on. 
I understand. I'm hoping that uh, whoever wins, and it appears that's going to be Biden and the, the Democratic Party. I hope that the majority of independents move toward the Democratic Party. You know, I've been arguing with two days about uh, Sanders. I don't dislike Sanders. I don't like getting into debates on Facebook. I even got people calling me and debating me. I didn't okay. think he would win. You know, I go back uh, in a historical sense, uh, William Jennings Bryan. A Democrat. He's more famous today for the monkey trial with uh, Clarence Darrow, but he ran mm-hmm. three times as basically a socialist Democrat or a Democratic socialist. He didn't do well. Um, you marched in the late, uh, and so did I. But I, I got, I think, got separated from you. We marched at the uh, the union thing uh, towards the um, uh, in Patterson. You know, uh, the bars which started uh, where the union leaders met and formed their unions and calculated what they had to put on the line. And today, uh-huh. it's a struggle. Uh, we're in a struggle worldwide. Uh, I, one of the things was I, I, um, somebody in my area wrote that, uh, you know, uh, workers that are in these craft unions shouldn't have a, a, bar- a barrier for other workers. You know, they get a, a break because they've went through and they paid the du- they paid the dues their skills um, uh-huh. and uh, guy uh, who criticizes everybody cops I, I I have a lot of cop friends I gotta say that I, I, I called one the other night <laughs> coming Apollo well, you don't know our area well you do you know the road that yeah. ran uh, 23 you know that uh-huh. and I'm going up the hill there and the guys are on my bumper all the way to, up the hill then they go in the on the other lane at the top and I'm a crazy dude. I hope that I don't know who's listening. Damn it. I said, I'm going to go follow them. They're going to turn into the bar. And they did. Okay. And uh, I, I, I had my crazy dog. My dog, if you see him, he's about two feet off the ground. He barks <laughs> like a, a German shepherd. So they're getting out of the car. I said, don't, don't move. <laughs> anyway, I called the cop. Nothing could be done because I, I, I got to leave the state. But, um, it's just that civility, and, and this is a different topic, but civility, I, I mentioned the lady in, in uh, uh, Mexico, New York. They're, they're fighting folks, you know. Uh, they have, uh, it reminds me of, uh, they have the Gabby Hayes, the men have the Gabby Hayes look, you know. Okay. And I'm not making fun of them. And the lady, uh, she was married to one of our mailmen. Uh, she's up there living up there, and it looks like a desert. If you could have it look up, the, it looks like they have houses in the desert. It doesn't seem to be any grass or anything. But I made that deal with us. We're going to talk about other things that are positive. Every now and then she gives me a whammy. That's what you try to do. You need to build communication with people because this right. can't go on. This country can't go on uh, two halves fighting each other. And then somebody else is scooping up all the marbles. And she did it. I mean, occasionally she gives me a whack. She says that she can give me a whack. I say, okay. But, uh, uh, you know, that's some of the little things we have to do. We have to start uniting. And I don't know if this nation could survive another four years. I, to tell you the truth, I don't know if this nation could survive when any of the 70-year-olds for four years. I mean, uh, Sanders or, or Biden or Trump. You know, I've never – in your time, I don't know if you were around for Eisenhower – he was an old president. I think he might have made it to 80. 
If he made it to okay. 70, he looked, uh, you know, uh, and that was pretty old. He had, I think he had one or two heart attacks. And uh, we had Nixon in the wings. He, and in the beginning, uh, Eisenhower hated Nixon. You know, they had okay. problems. He was going to dump them off the ticket. But, uh, you know, he had wound up high, Eisenhower had, had a heart attack in 1955, and Nixon took over. My only problem with Nixon was the craziness. I, I, I look at most of the Republicans. I don't think we should have been in wars like Iraq. I think that didn't make any sense at all. We overthrew a guy that really had nothing to do with, uh, uh, you know, with the, with the wars that were going on in the region. He was fighting one against Iran. Think mm-hmm. what the president did against Iran was logical in the terms that of you know doing that. I, I mean, I listened to the. There's a young Kennedy on the horizon. He's running for Senate in uh, Massachusetts, like his uh, like I don't know his uncle, his father, or, or uh, you know both Kennedy, John, and uh, Robert ran for the assembly and Teddy. Um, uh-huh. But he talking about how gener- the gener- how we should act as a society. And uh, it shouldn't be on, you know, attacking each other on a daily basis. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, agent of doing that. I just get tired. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, you know, the man you, the man you met in, in New York City, um, I, I don't know what it was. It was something on space or something else. And he knows my brother. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm sitting in Walmart. I got two of these calls. He calls me, and he says he's sitting with my my brother and his wife. I'm sitting there in pain, waiting for pain, uh, for Bill. So I, I did five, ten minutes. I had to sit on the bench. I did five or ten minutes uh, until I got the uh, pills, and I, I went home. Uh, but I hate that when it happens. You know, the, the messenger thing. I, I mean, I, I get calls from everybody, uh, and it, I I don't even know them half the times. I get you know I get posts that don't make any sense to me, or they're group posts like for twenty people, uh-huh. and I don't know who I'm directly talking to, and I've been I'm I'm way off topic now because I'm getting hacked. That's okay. But in, I got hacked this week, uh, you know, mm. and it, it's a face I've seen before. And I, he had a company. He, in the face, he said he worked at a second uh, at a company that I did a project for, a machine shop in Sussex County. Uh, at the end of my twelve posts or whatever I posted for people, I don't want to go all out again and raise the eight hundred or three thousand or so of things. But um, his face appeared and said, "You reached the end of the line," and I knew I was out. Hmm. The issue for me is there's nobody to help you. If you right. ever tried to call Facebook for anything, I mean, no. they take oh, yes, advertising from Russia. I, I, did, I did have a hard time getting through when uh, uh, I contacted. Finally, I had to do it by email. That's what I, I, I had that, and I wanted them to hack it. I eventually got it off. But, you know, I, I'm saying this guy get, gets away with it. They should be what? You know, I'm sitting – I have a um, – Oh God, what's what's that? Um, I have one of those like things that talk to you that you can touch your teeth. My Google Home, and okay. uh, and occasionally it just breaks out in conversation. Have you ever had that happen? Like it's uh, no, I don't, I don't. I don't have the. 
item, but I've heard that uh, those items are quirky and that they sometimes start talking or laughing or, or doing things like that. Yeah. They, um, I was in the car, uh, you know, before the show, and uh, the, the, uh, my phone just packed to the uh, radio. You know, it's, I'm playing my own music onto the, onto the car, and um, it started conversing with me. I'm saying that's wacky. Wow. I don't know. You know, we talk about artificial intelligence, and this is part of the wave where they're being taught uh, they're going to learn their own machine language. And I know I bring this up every time I get on a, a show and a guest uh, deserts me, but uh, there, there is a privacy sense here. You know, uh, I don't uh, – this has happened more than once. My granddaughter was he, here, don't the machine, right. and it talked to her. And she's two years really? old. What did it say to her? What? What did it say? It had a. It responded to. She, she was talking about uh, what? Uh, those one uh, one horned uh, horses, unicorns. unicorns, and it went okay. into a, a huge dissertation on unicorns. She's smart, so she can talk back to him. I mean, she's like a prodigy. Okay. She's learning. She knows a little Spanish. She she can read. Uh, I couldn't read till four or five. But if things talk, it'll it, it have a conversation. And I don't know that's if that's what we want. It is. No. It is. And, I, and other people are talking about this. I get, if you look it up on the Internet, you'll see that people are complaining left and right. Uh, this is Google, so this is uh, uh, a big corporation. And, and the other one is, uh, you, you know, Alexa. We have Alexa. We don't have that set up. But, you know, they could be in charge of every facet of your home if you want. And I don't know if that's good. You know, you can imagine getting locked out of if you have one of those garage doors and, and you, you know, the, the bars in the house. You could be locked out of your own house. There's no way to get in. It's, we live in a crazy. We got yeah, we do. Again. You know, you got machine language, robotics coming along. Uh, Jeff, uh, the guy over at... Uh, uh, Jeff Bet was it Betlos? Um, his company. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's bringing in robotics on the lines and everywhere else. You, I've, I've, I know I've mentioned to you about a, a robot that was given the assignment of telling people that their family member died. <laughs> like, that's horrible. That's, like the, that's horrible. There were so many people with complaints. I think I don't know if that went any far, further. But you know, uh, uh, and and medical and all fields, these things are popping up. Uh, they'll be using our army, but the, the the men will be using the will do will be using directing the weaponry. But uh, it's, it's it's really crazy that that what we're going what we're experiencing. So I'm getting uh, my dog is back. I got to give him something to eat. Okay. He needs water. Biting me. He's nipping on me. <laughs> I'm getting away from him. He is a candy eater. I shouldn't tell anybody this. Oh, he finished the bag of dog food. No, no. I <laughs> but anyway, Hercules, I went all over the topics. <laughs> that, that's, that, uh, that's okay. We had, a, we had a nice chat and got overviews of a lot of uh, things. Uh, I actually am going to be having a show just on AI, so you and I can have a conversation about that. I love uh, to do it. I've I, I got a library now that's growing, and I, I 
there's some things that you can get get into. I, I always tell you about a, a thing. I don't know if I bought it myself. But then another thing came out. I had the thing from the New York Times on artificial intelligence. There's seminars coming up. I uh, signed up for one at MIT. Uh, but, oh, but awesome. I think it's a home, you know, it's a home thing. Uh, I like to get a certificate or something in this. I really feel excited about knowing this. I mean, I've used computers. My wife here tells me I should go to computer school, <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> I, I would like to learn. I like to learn more about this because this is going to be every factor of our life, including yes, driving cars. You, you're going to That's not only happening. that. It's already happening. And you remember the cars that flew on cartoons? Yes. They actually, they actually have them. Their the development. I don't know if it's the Chinese yeah. or us. And uh, they actually I, I work. So they, uh, you know, Jetsons. It was the Jetsons. So they're finally they're coming. Uh, so much is coming uh, that we're going to see a whole world change. And we might not even yeah, be in charge yeah. of ourselves at some point. It's it's a whole wide world and artificial intelligence. You know, uh, the uh, gentleman that ran for president, he was talking about the $1,000 a month, which is Milton Friedman's thing. We haven't come to terms on how we're going to deal with jobs in this. Uh, you, you know, I every occupation will be – I mean, just in the hospital system alone, uh, it's going to be unbelievable. We're facing a new world. This, this is the fourth yes, industrial revolution. And, and people don't – they don't take it seriously. This virus no, they're not. Going to wait for the $1,000 a month. Yeah, that's what uh, – we're not going to – if we keep having viruses like this, we're going to need that $1,000 a month. Well, we're going to have to leave this planet. Uh, this is wow. – Hercules, this is prophetic what's happening. I mean, this uh, – the craziness of our politics, these kinds of things. Uh, I mean, we've had these kind of things in the past, but they were flu-related and whatnot. Now we have 80 million people in one country uh, quarantined and uh, supposedly a high-level country. And what he's doing with the airlines and if it's, you know, uh, Cuomo was talking about a section outside of New York City. I think it's Roseland or something or uh, something that where there's a high proportion of people with, uh, you know, with the disease. And, uh, you know, that's scary. Uh, We live in times where... I'm sorry I have the dog here. I should have. That's okay. <laughs> I have a dog too. And we're at the end of our journey for today. So, Bill, thank we you so fun. very much. Uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. And uh, we'll talk about the AI show uh, uh, on the phone or uh, through the um, email. It's perfect. I, didn't, I enjoy it. Maybe uh, give me a week or two. I got to go down south. I'll be able to do the show from there. I'd probably get her to do the show or, or um, Michael Shapiro. But um, uh, I'd love to talk to you down there. I'll do the show next week if you can. I'll get guests. Okay. Or maybe I'll get a Florid- Floridian guest. Be well. <laughs> Give my regards to Hildy and the family, and I'll talk to you very soon. You take care. We're all here listening, the, th- the three of us. Hilda the dog and me. <laughs> Sounds like a you storm. Well. You uh, get some thanks. sleep. Okay. And thanks to everybody who's joined us today. 
Uh, and uh, we're happy that you're here, and we're looking forward to your coming back as well. Uh, you can reach us all through Facebook, and uh, we're very uh, open to and responsive to uh, any questions that you might have. Again, I apologize for the uh, problems we had at the beginning of the show, but uh, we seem to have straightened uh, those out. And today uh, we will close with uh, the um, Voice of Olympus intro because I'll be developing the uh, AI show for there. And then I bid you all joyous journeys and amazing adventures. Enter the realm of living myth. Voice of Olympus, hosted by Hercules Invictus and Athena Victory, celebrates the mythic impulses of ancient Greece and Rome and they invite you to celebrate with them. Welcome to Voice of Olympus.
is gray. Where am I this winter's day? Bones of trees, fallen leaves. The time of the winter queen. But through the wind and snow and rain. 